Well, good morning and happy uh, Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. Hey, can we give it up for our moms? Let's hear it. You know, I, I, uh, once I became a dad, I realized how much my dad actually did for me. And uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you that I, I didn't appreciate him at all, honestly. And you knew, some of you know the story. I didn't appreciate him at all until I became a dad and started to realize, man, there's a lot to this gig being a dad. Now, now I am not a, a gal, so I don't know what it's like for daughters uh, to get married and then start having little ones and then going, man, I can only imagine. Because uh, uh, think about it for just a minute. You know what? Guys have it easy. They go to work. They work eight hours, 10 hours a day, come home and and then you relax, right? Well, guess what? The mom's up 24-7, screaming babies. They got colic. They're puking, and dad's snoring away, getting ready for the next day, right? And then, uh, of course, they get up and go, where's my lunch? Where's my breakfast? It's like, hello, I was up all night, right? And <laughs> taking care of your kid. And, uh, and then, of course, they go off to work, and the mom is like, you know, working around the house, taking care of the kid or kids and uh you know those who have a football team i'm praying for you but anyway and you just keep doing that and you know what saturday and sunday comes and guess what mom's doing and what's it what dad's doing i hope dad's got this thing figured out that they come alongside and help out but i'm telling you what you ladies are amazing you're amazing we also talked about uh, spiritual moms this morning and i was talking about tamra how much i love and appreciate her She's got my six, she's got my back, she's always praying for me and, and uh, taking care of whatever needs that I have. It's pretty amazing, actually, so I'm thankful. But let us move on to announcements. We need some, some young, strong guns. And I'm talking about guys here, Logan, I'm looking at you, all right, gentlemen in the back, Stan, I'm looking at you, okay? Cam, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Josh, you could, I'm recruit you too. We got this major heavy stuff out in this pickup that needs to be pulled out after assembly. And I, I'm an old man. I confess I don't want to hurt my back. So I'm recruiting you guys to help out. It'll be great. Uh, let's see what else. Fellowship dinner next Sunday night, 530 at Tamara's house. And if you want some good eats, that's the place to be. Uh, also, too, uh, the G4 Summit's coming up. G4 Summit. It's coming up pretty quick. And we got some guys coming from back east. Looks like we might have someone coming from South Carolina to preach. We might have a, a gentleman, really an awesome family man, a guy coming out with his son uh, to, to speak uh, from Roanoke, Virginia. And so uh, uh, then, of course, we got our, our locals that are awesome, too. And we're going to have some firebrand, young, some, some young firebrand preachers this year. So, uh, you know, the 20-something crowd that really has an itching to change the world, well, we're going to give them a shot to stand up and tell us how it's done. So anyway, if you put that on your calendars, it'd be great. But before we go too much further, we have a few uh, notes of encouragement. So thank you so much for your efforts uh, to serve the body of Christ here at Pleasant Hill. Yes, you, Tanya Viegas, Daniel, Freddie, Wilbur, and Javier. Let's give it up. Go give it up for uh, Tanya. 
If you go down in the wood room, we have wood for the next six years. Amen. Amen. All right. So guess what, Logan? You don't have to load the wood room anymore. Not great. But there's a lot of wood out here to split, so get a crew of young guns and, and get her done. Okay. Angie, you're a super... Let me try that one again. You're, you're a, I was out in the sun all day yesterday. That's my excuse. You're a super cool person, and every time I see your joyful, beautiful smile, it brightens my day. Keep shining brightly. Love, liberty. Woohoo! Let's give it up for Angie. All right, Jeff D., it was awesome to have you at College Age last Monday night visiting, and it was a great encouragement. Uh, the advice you give always lifts my spirit and urges me to do uh, things with a more godly and spiritual view. Can we give it up for Jeff Drillinger? So uh, Jeff and Carrie, I just love both of them. I was thinking about Carrie this morning and what a, what a great mom she is. Raised two great kids and a great, a, she's a great, like meaning awesome grandmother too. So uh, that's pretty cool. All right, here we go. All the physical and spiritual mothers in the church body. Happy Mother's Day to you all. You guys are so devoted to your families, and it's such a truly inspiring example, especially when you help the younger women and invest in our lives and faith works, or faith walks. This church would not be where it is without you. And I can say amen to that one, but you don't have to run around because you'd be running around the whole church building here. So, <laughs> Josh, it's great to see you, man. I've been praying for your safe trip to Oregon for many months. Welcome home, buddy. There you go. Josh is that handsome young man right back there with the W on his hat. There it is. Good. Logan, you're doing such an awesome job in helping us be devoted to prayer. I also really appreciate your work as an awesome husband and a dad. Let's give it up for Logan right over there. And I got this really cool letter in the mail. I mean, we got this really cool letter in the mail from Matt and Brandy Johnson from uh, Leo, Indiana. How many know Matt and Brandy? Yeah, me neither. But they know us. It's cool. Words of encouragement. That's what it, see that? I did not ask them to write this. I'm telling you. Serious. This is crazy. There's somebody in Peru that watches us too. I haven't got a nice note from him, but I'm not saying you should. <laughs> to the brothers and sisters in Christ at Pleasant Hill, the Pleasant Hill Church of Christ, my family sends our greetings from Leo, Indiana, which is a little north of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't even know where Indiana is. <laughs> so Fort Wayne is somewhere there, right? Okay, great. Thank you. Our words of encouragement are to all who put the countless effort in broadcasting live each service on Sunday and midweek Bible studies. All the effort that everyone puts in to make sure the cameras and the audio is working properly and everything is how it needs to be so the gospel gets out uh, to the masses. We follow each and every service during the week as a boast to our Christian walk. We follow you along with a couple other congregations across the country. So to all of you who help in uh, your service getting to me, I give you a big, a big thumbs up and a big thank you. Love in Christ, uh, Matt, Brandy, Drew, and Preston Johnson. Well, if you're watching us today, thank you. It's a huge encouragement. It's a huge encouragement. So, all right. We don't have any birthdays today, do we? No birthdays today? 
Wow, okay. Is there anything else I might have missed? Except for Happy Mother's Day? There's some grins out there like I'm missing something. I'm not? Wow, this is the first. Could someone record this? I, I got all the announcements correct first time. Wow. All right, let's turn in our Bibles, the book of Proverbs 29. Proverbs chapter 29. The fear of man, the fear of woman, the fear of human beings. You say, oh, that's silly. Well, that's not a big deal. Oh, I think it's even more than the fear of death. Because I think sometimes we think about our fear of other people on a kind of a constant basis. Uh, and I think maybe many of us, like myself, have struggled with wanting to be accepted by others. And because of that, we've gotten ourselves in trouble. And so let's take a look at this one. Proverbs chapter 29, <clears throat> excuse me, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the simplicity of this passage and yet, Father, the complexity of how we struggle as a people, as human beings, so desiring to be accepted, desiring uh, uh, to not be persecuted and not be thought less of. Now, Father, the devil takes advantage of that, unfortunately, and I pray that you would help us to realize there's a way to overcome that. And I'm going to share some personal examples of where I have struggled and fallen short. And not only myself, but others have been hurt by my fear of man. And so I would pray, Father, today you would help us to think about our own lives and, and realize that this fear is real, this fear is debil debilitating, and this fear really does destroy relationships. And so I ask you to help us to overcome by walking in your word, believing and trusting and seeing the beautiful, amazing blessings that come when we do. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. You know, some of you know my story and my story was a mess until I was 24. I mean, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? And uh, on steroids, kind of. It was a mess to the point of almost committing suicide. And there's this one verse that I learned early on in my Christian life, which was painful to me. And that is, bad company destroys good morals. How painful that is, because how often I look in my past and all of the really stupid decisions I made in my life was because of that particular truth. Bad company destroys good morals. Remember, there's a guy named Grandpa Penny, D.L. Penhollow, and he would say something like this. He goes, man, I can tell you who a person's going to become by the company they keep or the people they hang out with. And uh, I thought that was kind of dumb, but you know what? Here's the scripture, and I go back and look at my life. I'm going, yeah, that's pretty much true. And then, of course, there's a couple other ones, like this is one of my favorites. You know what it is? He who walks with the wise grows wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, the beauty of that scripture is we're given free will. We get to choose who we're going to hang with. Who are we going to spend time with? Who are we going to let influence us? But the power of the fear of man oftentimes will wipe those truths away and we end up suffering. 
Well, I want to go back and take a look at this passage of Scripture once again. I want to dissect it a little bit and then jump into the solution to it. Well, here we are, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. You know, the word fear there is rather interesting. It's not the word phobia. That word, by the way, in, in uh, the Hebrew language, phobia, uh, in Greek, I mean, is actually, you know, fear. But this one is fear that causes physical trembling. Have you ever been in a situation before where you were actually physically trembling? Anybody ever had that before besides me? I remember an example in that back room where I was actually physically trembling because I did not have confidence in who God had called me to be. That's pretty sad, isn't it? I'll tell a little bit about that later. This word fear is to be in terror or great fear, to be trembling and quaking from fear. Let's look at a couple of scriptures really quickly. Go back to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. In the book of Judges in chapter 7, many of you know about this really awesome guy named Gideon. And Gideon was a little fearful in and of himself, as many of you know. He was called to go fight the good fight for the nation of Israel. Uh, and so notice he says here in, in uh, Judges in chapter 7, and this one little verse, verse 3. He says to, uh, well, verse 2 and 3. The Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. In other words, I want just a few folks to fight the good fight of faith. And notice how many are there. It's amazing. He goes on and he says there, my own power has delivered me. Now, excuse me, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. So Israel would become boastful saying, my own power has delivered me. Now, therefore, come proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from, from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people turned. You're saying, well, those are a bunch of chickens. Well, God said, you know what? Those kind of folks are going to be a detriment to the, 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 the fight. You got 22 guys that are shaking in their boots and 10, 10 guys are going forth. I think there's a problem here, Houston. There's more than two of the tremblers for the one that's out doing the work. And I'll tell you what, that's contagious, isn't it? Is it contagious? Absolutely. Cowardice is contagious, and it is super destructive. And so God says, hey, you know what? Just let those guys go back home. No problem. No, no harm, no foul. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 28, just a couple books away. Uh, 1, 1 Samuel chapter 28, this is another great passage of Scripture, and many of you are familiar with this one, I'm sure. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 3 and 4. If I can, or four and five, if I can read my writing. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. That's a pretty good job, Saul. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped in Shuman. And Saul gathered all Israel together and camped in uh, Gilboa. When Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. 
Man, that guy was shaking in his boots. God called him to do the work, and yet he didn't trust God. He was looking at how big the enemy was, and he was shaking out. How many of our people kind of freaking out about what's going on in our country or what's going on in the world? Now, the economy really is not doing very well, and yet we keep told that, hey, you know, the you know Inflation Act to solve all inflation seems to be going in the wrong direction, you know, and there's all sorts of stuff. So are we shaking our boots because what's happening? Are we trusting in God? You see, we go on. There's a couple other ones that I think are really good there. Take a look, if you wouldn't mind, at... Uh, uh, let me see if I can find the passage. I want to get the right one. Oh, John chapter 19, verses 6 through 8. Here's a guy that's a civil servant. Man, he's got everything under control. Man, he's got soldiers upon soldiers. And he's got this wimpy, wimpy little guy. Just one guy standing in front of him. I mean, the guy is a total wimp when it comes to his look. He's not very attractive. He's not very strong physically. He doesn't work out at the gym. Well, take a look at this. John chapter 19, and let's see what the context is here. <clears throat> John 19, 6 through 9. Probably you know where we're going. Oh, let me find it here. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, crucify, crucify. Pilate said to him, hey, take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, we have a law, and by that law uh, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. Now he was afraid before, you wanna know why? It's because the people were pressing him to kill this guy. His wife sends him a little note. Honey, honey, don't mess with this guy. I had a bad dream about this last night. Now, Pilate's a pretty good husband. He listens to his wife. He starts pressing the matter a little bit more. We got to let this guy go. And then when he finds out this guy is the son of God, or at least allegedly, he's freaking out even more. Now, there he has a good reason to be freaking out. And finally, I don't know if you remember this one or not, but when Paul's talking to Felix about the judgment of God, it says Felix was trembling and his knees were knocking. Now, I think that's rather interesting. Here's a guy that uh, supposedly is in charge and he realizes that he's coming up a little bit short on what God calls him to do. Now, brethren, the word man there, in this passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, the fear of man brings a snare. You know what that word man means in the book or in the Hebrew language? Adam, flesh and blood. I'm going to give you a couple examples of this fear that brings a snare. The snare, by the way, how many have ever been trapping? Anybody ever gone trapping before, like out in the woods? Anybody? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's not very popular here in Oregon. In fact, I don't know. It might even be banned in Oregon. I don't know. But in Montana, I used to go on a trap line. And man, snares are terrible to animals. Man, it's awful what they do to animals. They get around their neck or around their leg or around their torso. And the more you struggle, the more it cinches down. 
the more it cinches down, the more it cinches down until you're dead. Now, you know, the Bible says that Satan has everyone who's outside of Christ snared up, held captive by him to do his will. That's pretty ugly when you think about it. And if you go back and take a look at some of these Proverbs, the Proverbs, uh, and it's in your, it's in your notes, 18, 7, 20, verse 25, it actually talks about how your words and your actions will bring a snare. And it's interesting, you look at those, your words and your actions are oftentimes brought about by your fear of man, peer pressure, concern for what's going to be said about you, concern what they might do to you or to do to all your hard work. It's absolutely amazing to me to see that. Well, when I was a little kid, I moved to Montana, as I told you, and uh, kid, new kid on the block from California. By the way, uh, back in those days, uh, you're Californian, you moved to Montana, you are hated just because you were from where you moved from. And I was getting beat up all the time. First day on the playground. It was not a playground. It was a boxing arena. And guess who was the punching bag? Me. And uh, it was a pretty ugly thing. There's one kid by the name of Ray Wilson that had it out for me. And man, it was horrible because he kept punching on me and everybody loved it. And even the coach, PE teacher, had Ray and I in the ring boxing for PE. Can you imagine having boxing for PE now? Hey, we're gonna get two guys in there and just kind of go at it. Well, that was PE in Montana. And the, the PE teacher, I think he saw what was going on and he wanted to make a mockery of me. Well, I got sick of it finally. And so when Ray stepped in, I punched him as hard as I could in the face and knocked him down and bloodied up his nose. And then the fist fight was on, man. It's like we took off the gloves. All that time, this growing crush on me was happening because I feared what Ray would do to me until I stood up, until I had confidence in myself. After that, believe it or not, Ray Wilton and I became best buddies. Let's go get an apple and eat an apple. Great buddies. It's kind of weird, huh? But the crush got worse when I had the fear of man instead of having confidence in who God made me to be. But I want to share one more that's even worse. In that room back there, quaking. In a conversation with someone who wanted to own the church by law. I didn't understand that God had called me to be the one to preach truth about faith, not law. Faith, not regulations, is how this ought to go. And because I was fearful, a lot of people in this church body got hurt. Some were even led astray. Unfortunately, that has happened twice in my tenure here. You're just a terrible leader. I'm not a terrible leader. It's just that I had the fear of man. You know what? I don't have that fear anymore. If someone's trying to take advantage of this flock, I'll go nose to nose with them. 
And it doesn't matter what they say about me. It doesn't matter what they'll do. Is my flock, my family, the people that live together and serve together in the faith are worth whatever sacrifice comes. You know, there's a scripture that says the hirelings, the men who are career preachers rather than called preachers, they'll run. I guess I didn't run, but I didn't follow through as a man confident and trusting in God and his word. In the last several years, there's been good peace around here. There's been a couple times when things could have gone sideways, but working feverishly behind the scenes to check people that wanted to run and rule the congregation by criticizing people who couldn't say a particular Bible word or criticizing people for not doing what they thought needed to be done, taking them aside and shutting them down. I know who I am now as a Christian man. I'm one who's to encourage. I'm one who's to build up, but also to reprove when reproof needs to happen. But that's only because I've learned to trust in God. Now let's turn to point number two. Because all of us can fall into this, this trap of fearing man. Look at Psalms chapter 27. Psalms 27. It was shared this morning. Uh, it was shared a couple times this last week. And uh, Angie's to blame for this being a part of this sermon uh, today. So she shared with me, this is her scripture memory. And I want to take a look at verses 1, 2, and 3. Open your Bibles to Psalms 27, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamped against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. I love this passage of Scripture because it says, in great statement, the Lord is my, what? Light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my defense. You know what's really cool? Is when you do the right thing, people know. When you do the wrong thing, people know. And you know the people that really matter are the people that want to live a life that is pleasing to God. They know, they see, they encourage. The other ones that come out with the fangs and the claws, they expose themselves. You live the light of Christ and they expose themselves. Now it's rather interesting uh, of recent when I was sharing that there have been challenges recently some of you were the targets of those challenges. And yet, I was contending. I was told that they could fix the church. How would you like it if I came in and said, I'm going to fix you? <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to fix you, man. That's very loving. You're going to fix me? And if I heard that, I went, mm, no. How about let me come in and love on the church a little bit more, a little bit better, come alongside and help you love on the church. That would have been great. So it's important for us to understand the Lord is my light. He is your light too. Your life, when you live it according to Christ's standard, people see and people know. But when you don't, people see and people know and they get hurt. And so it's important for us to recognize, stand your ground, 
cowardice and shaking in your boots when you think someone's coming against you or whatever, that is contagious. You don't want to hurt individuals or the collective body. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my defense. If you want to read about this over and over and over and over again, read the book of Psalms consistently. Psalms 91 is absolutely amazing. And we have a part of it that we're going to read here in a moment. Look at Psalms 23. How many know how Psalms 23 begins? Anybody been to a funeral lately? This, this psalm is a funeral psalm. You're saying, wow, why are you reading it, man? It's like you see it almost every, every funeral. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will make me to lie down in green pastures. It sounds so, you know what? Notice the Lord is my shepherd. You know what a shepherd does? A shepherd feeds and a shepherd has the little bow, little bow peep. No, they don't have a little, little. They have a rod and they don't use the rod to beat the sheep. What do they use the rod for? Yeah, to protect the sheep and to beat the wolves. But anyway, take a look at this passage of scripture. It's really quite cool. Uh, Psalms 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, when you have someone that's got your six, got your back, you can do almost anything. Again, remember that, that Ray Wilton dude? Well, there's a couple other guys, a guy named Ray Schott. Brother, is your name Ray? It isn't? You keep smiling. Do you know Ray Wilton? Oh, I was going to say, man, let's chat afterwards. How's Ray doing? <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just was catching that. So, you know what's really interesting? A guy named Wade Schott. You know a guy named Wade Schott? No, okay, all right. So, a guy named Wade Schott. And he was picking on my sister, so I'd be in the smart fifth grader go up on the back of the bus and hit him in the back of his neck and said, quit picking on my sister. He was an eighth grader. I didn't know that he was sitting in the seat. So he hurt his neck pretty good, so he didn't go up and get up and start throttling me. Although the bus driver would have allowed that. The next day when I get off the bus, he's there, man, pounced on me with a couple of his big buddies, man. And guess what? Man, I got some wheels, man. I flew it, flew to my, and there was chicken, yeah. And then I told my brother, Larry, and Larry says, okay, I'll come with you. I won't fight. It's your fight. So he stayed on the bus, stood behind me, and guess what? Wade shot, got his shot. But he didn't win. Because I had someone behind me. I had my brother saying, hey, look, I'm not going to step in. If you guys want to clean my brother's clock, that's great, because I've been tired of doing it. I've been doing it for years. All right? And so he's sticking behind me. So I knew that I could take him one by one, because that's what Larry said, one by one. So Wade got it, but unfortunately I didn't get a chance for the others because the uh, principal came out. Guess who got a big swat? Guess who got the whooping? Oh, that's when in school they could still whoop on you with a big old paddle. Guess who got it? Thank you very much. Well, my brother was behind me, my big brother. Jesus is that big brother that's constantly present with, with you. Let's look at Psalms 91. 
we got a few more minutes left. Throughout the book of Psalms, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, look at this verse, first verse. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And if you were to continue to read on, we need to hear this today, by the way. Look at verse three. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper, from the deadly pestilence, uh, a.k.a. COVID-19 or whatever else. Uh, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. I have been concerned about other people's opinion about me for years, but not anymore. I'm concerned about what God thinks. I ask you to pray for me as I stand before Lane County Commissioners. You know, it's really awesome when you stand before a group of powerful men and women and you have the truth on your side. I have documented truth that their number one priority is not being fulfilled. The people of Lane County have said there's written proof. Lane County commissioners actually commissioned a survey to find out what they most wanted their money spent on. And I got a handle on it. And I even got a little press release that the commissioners even sent out. And I went to the first budget meeting and guess what? They're not interested in the number one priority of people in Lane County. And so there'll be a lot of people in the audience and there's the commissioners up on stage. And I'm going to read to them what they wrote. And then say, I've been at your budget meeting. I know where the money's going and it's not going where the people of Lane County have told you to spend it. You're saying, well, that's dumb. Just one of you and a whole bunch of them. Guess who's standing behind me? Truth is standing behind me. Truth is standing behind me. Who are you anyway? I'm just a preacher out in a country church. That's who I am. But I'm Jesus' little brother. That's who I am. And you need to contend with the truth. I won't say that. But that's really how it is. It's too late in human history for us to be concerned about what man's going to do to us. We've seen all that man can do to other people. And it's really horrible. But I want to close with Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We all have got a story about fearing people. And if you think about that story and you dig a little bit, you're going to see the damage that it causes not only to you and your reputation, but the damage that it causes to those you love the damage it causes to your family or families. We need to stand up for what is right and true. We need to stand for the truth. Take a look with, you, with me, please. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, Jesus says, nor a slave above his master. It's, it's enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they have called the head of the house the devil, that's what that word means, Beelzebul, how much more will they, they malign the members of his household? That's talking about us. Therefore do not fear them, for there's nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, 
and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Remember last week, you can cheat on your taxes and you can cheat the devil when it comes to the second death. I don't suggest you cheat on your taxes. Jesus says, pay what is Caesar's to Caesar. But I'll tell you what, you better be cheating the devil. And how do you cheat the devil? You cheat the devil by trusting fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're saying, well, now you're telling me that I'm going to go to judgment. No, you're not. you got free will, man. Free will. You can choose life or you can choose death. You choose to fear man, there are snares. Life will be miserable. You choose to walk with the fool, life will be miserable. You choose to hang with those who are going to corrupt morals, it's going to be miserable. Life on this side is not good when you live it in fear. Come out of that fear by trusting God and believing his word. If I were to ask you, if you're a Christian today, I'm sure many would raise their hands. Maybe all. But the question is, is do you really believe that what you believe about Jesus and his word is really real? Because if you believe it's really real, then you would not fear man. If you believe it's really real, you would not fear a cataclysmic economic collapse, which we may experience. You know, our great-great-grandparents went through the Great Depression, and they survived. But it was because of community. It was because of the churches. It was because of the granges. It was because of the strong family units, the strong communities. We don't have that anymore. Where are the Granges? Where are the churches? The churches are all about having fun. Remember the cruise ship mindset rather than the battleship mindset? Wouldn't it be nice if we were taught when we go on a cruise ship how to help in time of total disaster? It wasn't too long ago that there was a cruise ship that caught on fire and hundreds died. Hmm. They didn't know what to do. They got in the way rather than helping solve the challenges at hand. I don't know about you, but I want to know the truth so I can contend to not only protect myself and my family, but to protect this family here. I pray that you have the same faith. Believing truly who Jesus is and what he's called us to be and do. Do you really trust him? Do you read his word every day? Do you apply what he shows you is the way to abundant life. The life that I lived before brought me to the end of my rope. The life that I live today helps me to reach out to others who are at the end of their rope. And the rich blessing of seeing people grow and become the beautiful, amazing, powerful individuals that God created them to be. I pray that you would Choose to trust and have faith in Christ and not fear man. Let's pray. I'm so deeply thankful, Father, uh, for your word. I'm thankful for your family. I'm thankful for the spiritual mothers that I've had over the years since becoming a Christian. 
my mother-in-law, what an amazing woman. Um, uh, Peggy uh, Jones, what an absolutely amazing woman. Tamara Dumbrow, what an absolutely amazing woman. These women have been so amazing in supporting and encouraging and strengthening and building me up. Father, I am thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ as well. I'm thankful for the family that we have here. I pray that you'll continue to help us to grow, not in fear of man, but that adoration and that awe and love for you and what you have done for us and are continuing to do for us now. I praise you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, what did Jesus say to do? Stand. What did Jesus say to do? He said, go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. Okay, Jeff Sharon, right here. Jeff Sharon. Okay, Jeff Sharon needs those those uh, young guns. So if you want to grab a few of them and take them. And I mean, we're talking heavy-duty stuff. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.